This is the Alex Podcast with your hosts, Hebrew Usher and Deacon Manitazik. Welcome, have your pen and paper ready. Shalom, shalom to all brothers and sisters. We're back again with episode three of this podcast of the elect. This is Deacon Asha and I have Deacon Manatazako on the line. And we continue again with our topic. We give glory to the Most High, Ahaya, Ashe Ahaya, for giving us another opportunity to to record and to share the word of the Most High with um, all brothers everywhere who are listening and with all sisters. I know when we started this topic, we were talking about holiness and we thought, uh, at that stage, we're going to do a short uh, sharing for 45 minutes. But I think the more we unpack, we unpack this topic, then the more we the more we unpack it. I'll also give salutations to Deacon Manatazak and my greetings as well to him. So to you, Deacon, uh, shalom as well. And uh, maybe you can also do your greetings and maybe you can direct us. The last time, you know, you mentioned something in the book of Corinthians and in the book of Romans and talking about the mind. And that triggered something in me where uh, I asked a few questions about becoming holy, uh, starting with, with your mind or with your heart. While we're living in this system where the world system is constantly being advertised, which takes away from a part of holiness. From my side, it's, it's something that I still do think it's worth exploring. However, I also don't want to take a, a, a great detour from what we spoke about. I think you shared a lot from the book of First uh, Timothy chapter 6, explaining uh, high-mindedness and looking at it from the context of covetousness as well, which is really what uh, the example I had spoken about related to in terms of the young, young man who was accepted into uh, a, a prestigious university. But let let me hand over to you, Deacon, and uh, you can you can direct this part, and we can hear from your side. Uh, welcome and shalom. Uh, shalom, uh, Deacon, and uh, to the brothers and sisters, all praises to the Most High, uh, Ahaya, in the name of Eshaya, his son. Okay, we're gonna continue on as Deacon outlined on part three. Uh, we've been doing uh, this for the past uh, three weeks. This is the third week. I think it will be beneficial for those that have not uh, done part one and two to find time and do part one and two so that they can be on par with us as we continue on part three today. Okay, we're going to remember that the topic that we're talking about is holiness and what it is according to the scriptures. I think it's very important to understand according to the scriptures what is holiness, whether the Most High requires it, is it a compulsory requirement or is it optional? Or why does the Most High require holiness of us, the believers or the servants of the Most High? I think it's, it's, it's important to understand that according to the scriptures, not according to the feelings or according to what a person think might be or could be holiness. The goodness just go Go to the key verse. We read First Peter chapter one, verse number fifteen. You will recall that that has been that has been our key verse since uh, the first part. So let's just read again the First Peter chapter one, verse number fifteen to verse number sixteen. 
Okay, Deacon, I'll read it from my side. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all men of conversation. Verse 16. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Okay, so this is the part that we are reading. Um, Peter, the apostle, is quoting from the Old Testament. I think we did read that, that, that verse that he's quoting from on part number one. That is Leviticus chapter 19, verse number one to two. So it's important even now, after Christ has come, is the very same message of holiness. So Christ did not dismantle uh, holiness, but he established it. That is why the apostles, when they preached Christ, they preached holiness because the Most High is holy, meaning we must be like the Most High. It's compulsory to be like the Most High if you want to serve the Most High or if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's a requirement for every one of us, and it's also important to understand His holiness according to the scriptures. What, what is worth noting on verse number 15, let me just repeat verse number 15. But as he which had called you is holy, so be holy in all manner, all manner of conversation. So that is why this topic is very, very broad and is very, very deep because it requires all manner of conversation to be holy because the Most High is holy. The Most High is holy in all manner of conversation. In fact, holy is his name. Verse number 16, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. That is why holiness is required of us because it is written as such according to the scriptures. So we will recall that last week, before Deacon uh, shared about uh, the encounter that he had on the day about the spirit of the world, how it operates through covetousness and the love of money, we are reading Romans chapter 12. I would like us to go back to Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 to 2, so that we can ex so that we explore this topic on a holiness further in terms of what it means. You remember that the word holiness means being set apart, separated, and sanctified through the weight. Oh, being set apart through the word. Let's read Romans chapter 12, verse number one to two. Okay, I'll read it again, Deacon, uh, from my side. In Romans chapter 12, verse one, it reads as follows. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the Most High, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Most High, which is your reasonable service. Verse number two uh, reads as follows. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Most High. Okay, verse number one. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of the Most High. So this is through the mercies of the Most High. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. So this is what mercy uh, teaches us. The means of the Mosai that we present number one, the body as a living sacrifice. It's part of holiness, living, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that you kill in order to connect uh, with the Most High. So now in this case, you don't kill an animal, you don't kill a goat, you don't kill a sheep, you don't kill a cow. Your body, it's your body, meaning it's yourself that you present as a living sacrifice 
it's part of dying to self. So you remember that whenever the sacrifice were carried out, they were carried out to connect with the Most High. So this is part of connection with the Most High. And then after that, holy, meaning the bodies also must be holy. Your spirit must be holy, your body must be holy. So this is the holiness, acceptable unto the Most High, meaning not everyone can be accepted by the Most High. But if you present your body through his mercy as a living sacrifice and holy, meaning set apart, sanctified, separated from the world, you will see that this is speaking in reference um, to be holy from the world. Because if you are holy, you are being set apart from something. So you must know what is that thing that you are being set apart from or that you are being sanctified from so that you can be acceptable unto the Most High, because the Most High is not of this world. The Most High is heavenly, which is your reasonable service. So this is our reasonable service. Okay, verse number two. It says, and be not conformed to this world. So this goes together. Holiness, be not conformed to this world. Do not imitate the world. Do not repeat after the world. Do not take the traditions of the world and copy them and mix them with the scriptures. So this is what it means. It's part of holiness not to be conformed. It's part of being set apart. When you say be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Most High. So this is all part and parcel of holiness, being holy in all men of conversation. That means you must be able to go according to all these parts from verse number one to verse number two to establish holiness. Okay, we did before we went into detail in terms of the world, in terms of how do you, not, how do you become not conformed into this world? That is the part that I am... Um, I wanted to, to go through in order to understand it now in detail, in practical terms, as we live, so that you don't just uh, know that you must be conformed, you must not be conformed to this world, but to know also the practical means of what it means, what the scripture requires of you in order to maintain the standard of holiness. I would like to make an example um, about this part of be not conformed into this world in terms of holiness. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 12. Okay, Tikona, read it from my side again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of the Most High, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of the Most High. Okay, so this is it. We have not received the spirit of the world, meaning be not conformed into this world, meaning the world has a spirit, but that spirit, it's not the spirit of the Most High. So I think it's also important to discern the part of the spirit, but we've received the spirit of the Most High. So the spirit of the Most High is the spirit of sanctification, the spirit of separateness from the world. That you might know the things that are freely given to us of the Most High. So this is speaking about the spirit of the world and the spirit of the Most High. You'll know to differentiate between the two if you have received the spirit of the Most High. 
This is part of holiness. You'll notice that this verse speaks about separation. We have not received, meaning we have not conformed into this world. We have not received the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit of the Most High. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, let's just read again the con, uh, Galatians chapter 5. It will be able to explain in terms of the spirit of the Most High and the spirit of the world. So we must know uh, through the fruits of the spirit as to which spirit we have re you have received. You will know by your works, meaning you will know by your fruits. Okay, let's read uh, Galatians 5, verse number 22 to verse number 23. Okay, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, reads as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Verse 23, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Okay, this is the Spirit of the Most High, the Spirit of Holiness or the Holy Spirit. But this fruit of the Spirit is love. So it's part of holiness. Be ye holy on men of conversation. So love is the key. And then joy in the world, not just joy according to the world, but there is joy of the world. Now this is the joy of the world, being joyous to keep the commandments statutes and the judgments of the most high and then the peace you remember that when christ was resurrected from the dead um, he had spoken about uh, when he presented himself to his disciples he said peace be unto you my peace i give unto you not as the world gives give i unto you meaning now this is not the peace of according to the world this is the peace according to christ according to the resurrection of Christ. Then long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, all of this. So if one has these qualities in his heart, if one lives according to this, then he's walking according to holiness. So this is part of holiness. You're walking according to the Spirit. You are led by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will always lead you to the love of the Word. The love of the Most High, loving the Most High with all your heart, your soul, and your spirit, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. The first and the second great commandment. So the Holy Spirit will always lead you and point you to that first and second great commandment. If it does not point you to the first and second great commandment of love, then it's not the spirit of the Most High. Because we must know these are the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what the Most High expects of us when he says, be holy in all men of conversation. You'll notice that on, this, on the following verse that we read, meekness is part of it, being humble, meaning being willing to be corrected according to the scriptures. If you do not know, you are willing to humble yourself and to be corrected and forgetting what is it that you think you know according to your own knowledge and flesh. Now you become meek in your heart in order to be teachable through the word, meaning you laying another foundation. So meekness has to do also with the, with the principle of being born again. If you are born again, you are like a child in your heart. You become a child in your heart to learn anew, meaning forgetting all the things that you have learned. Being an adult, you become a child again. It's part of renewal in your spirit.
That part of transformation that must take place, it must happen through the weight. So as you keep the weight, as you understand the weight of the Most High, and then you, that is the part of meekness that must manifest. All of these, they must manifest all at once. You cannot say, I have meekness, but I have a problem with, um, I'm not joyous in the weight, but I can be meek, but the weight offends me. When I hear the weight, I think it's offensive. I think the weight is oppressing me. I think this is too oppressive. Be holy in all men of conversation is not achievable. Therefore, I'm not joyous. No, you can't. That means you're not walking now according to the spirit because the spirit must show you joy. You must be joyous. You say, I take joy in the weight, in applying holiness. It's part of holiness. Meekness, temperance, all of this. Against such, there is no law. So temperance, self-control, is part of self-control. You don't just talk anyhow. If you are holy, you will know that if you, you, you throw a tantrum or you talk anyhow or you burst out out of anger, then there is no temperance. Meaning that anger is not the fruit of the spirit, but it's the fruit now or the work of the flesh. The work of the flesh, even though the Bible speaks about the works of the flesh, but you'll understand now where we come from. First Corinthians, you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of the Most High. The work of the flesh and the spirit of the world are alike. They work the same, meaning it's the same thing, even though the Bible speaks about the works of the flesh, but now there is this, that is the spirit of the world. The works of the flesh are led by the spirit of the world, not the spirit of the Most High. So that spirit is not of the Most High, is not holiness. Let's just make an example. Deacon, before you move away, I think there's a, there's also a, sal a salient point there that you made um, in reference to love. And you mentioned the fact that you need to love the word in terms of all of all the fruits that we read here in Galatians chapter 5. You have to you have to encompass or have all of them in order to be holy. And one of the the points which I'm referring to, which I think is noteworthy, is the love of the world is the word. For a simple reason, I know it's not the point of of this discussion at the moment, but for a simple reason that you you will not strive and and work towards holiness if, uh, as you say, the word offends you or you don't have the love of the world. Similar to the scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 5 uh, that says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, which is that hunger and thirst. It, it's something that has to be there because it's a drive. And many people are driven for different reasons, uh, others to be successful and work maybe, you know, whatever they want to achieve, which, whatever it may be. But I think also scripturally, that does apply when it comes to the scriptures that you need to have that hunger because it, it, it drives the spirit it, it hungers and it thirsts to learn more and more regarding righteousness and uh the same goes for holiness that you know you love you you will do what you love matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to 21 tells us that in the word whatever whatever you love that's where your heart will that's where your heart will be so the love of the word also pushes you towards holiness uh, meaning you don't expect to be holy if you don't love the word. If the word offends you or if the word is not pleasant, well, then you're going to flee or you're going to find excuses. You're going to make excuses why you cannot do certain things which are which are demanded or commanded uh, in the scriptures. And and it could simply be because there is no love of the word. So I think that's just a, a subtle point uh, that I also wanted to just highlight. But uh, I think, as you say, we can we can move on. Yes, Dikon, um 
on the very same chapter, uh, I, I wanted to make a, a like make a difference between the spirit of the Most High and the spirit of this world. We read about the fruit of the spirit, but now there are also other fruit now of the the, the, the spirit of this world, not the Holy Spirit, or the works of the flesh. As Galatians uh, 5, verse number 19 uh, points out, let's read on the very same chapter, verse number 19 to verse number 21. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, antiness, lasciviousness. Verse 20. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Verse number 21, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you before in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of the Most High. Okay, so, so very important here, the works of the flesh. So, these are the works. Be not conformed into this world. What does it mean? Do not perform the works of the flesh. Separate from the works of the flesh. Repent from the work of the flesh. That's what it means when it says, be not conformed into this world. Meaning, these are the fruit of the spirit of the world. Adultery is the first one. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. So, these are all now the works of the flesh. You must understand what is what are these works? Adultery. If you are married, a married woman, now another man takes you while you know that you are married to your husband. That is part of adultery. Or a man that takes a woman from another man, it's adultery. Uh, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, it's the works of the flesh. Lasciviousness, exposing yourself, especially. For the sisters out there that are exposing themselves, exposing their bodies to the world as a measure of beauty. So you must understand that if you are working according to your holiness, you don't go and display your body for everyone to see, but your body you preserve, you, you cover yourself up. It's part of holiness. But we are maybe, as time goes, um, if they, there will be another chance, we'll be able to explore further what is uh, this lasciviousness. But it's the work of the flesh as it stands. You must understand, you must be holding all men of conversation, your body, your spirit, and your soul. So even your body must represent holiness. So particularly lasciviousness starts from the heart. The person wants to be appreciated. The woman wants to be appreciated by the world. Uh, maybe she likes the comments by other men, how other men would feel that will comfort her in a way or fill a void in her heart that wants appreciation so it's part of it that's the spirit of lasciviousness then you know that you're not working according to the spirit if you're working according to the spirit then you'll ask yourself what does the most high think of this does the most high approve of me exposing myself like this or does he not if you want to be holy like the most high those are the questions that you'll ask and you'll be honest in answering them so it's very important now if we go through the scriptures in terms of exploring all of these you must know that this is the spirit of this world then verse number 20 idol idolatry okay idolatry one might think okay there must be um, i do not uh, i do not bow down to any other god or any other statue uh, idolatry is very broad it can be worshiping other entities 
that are not according to the scriptures or other entities that you put before the most high as mediators. It can be um, um, maybe reverencing people who are, who are not of this world or who are dead uh, to say this is this is gonna this one is my mediator to take me to the Mosai when I want to communicate with the Mosai. Then because he is now dead, is not of the, he's died, he's not of this world anymore. He's closer to the Mosai. Then that is a belief. It's a belief system of Egypt. That's where it comes from. It's part of idolatry. So you must know that if you reverence any other beings, or it can be a living person, or it can be even money. Idolatry can be even money. You will see that as we explore even further in this topic. I think Dikon did mention last week, just before uh, we ended the second part of, of our series, he spoke about uh, covetousness. Covetousness, the love of money, is part of idolatry. You worship money. You can't do anything without money or competition, competing with other people. That is part of idolatry. So you are not holy now. That's not the holiness of the Most High. That's the, that's the way it is leading us to. So the scriptures are very clear on that part. And then also in witchcraft, hatred, all of these things are not scriptural. These are not of the spirit of the Mosai. This is not the lifestyle that is led according to the spirit. Variance, emulations, competition. So emulation is part of competition. Wrath. I did mention that this is the opposite of temperance, wrath strive related to wrath so all of these they come from the heart they show that you are not holy when the word says be not conforming to this world meaning do not repent from all of these things if these things are there the, the scripture is calling upon you you must repent from them if you want to walk according to the holiness of the most high you cannot build holiness on top of these things they do not mix M milk and um, oil they don't come together. So you can't mix the two. They will always separate. That's why holiness is about separation. So one will go on top of the other, but they will won't mix. Verse 1, envies, murders, murders goes with hatred. You might not have killed someone, literally, or taken someone's life, but you can do so by hating for no reason, or hating according to your own, according to your own feelings. Because maybe that person has done you wrong, not knowing that that person doesn't understand or is not in the faith, is not a believer like like you, or and then you hate that person. That's part of murder. It's part of murder. Or you can murder someone just by um, by not killing him physically, but also in your heart. So this is what it means because murder starts from the heart. Uh, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. All of these things. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things, they shall not inherit the kingdom of the Mosai. Because these things, they are not holiness. This is not holiness. So this is how you know if we are holding on in our conversation. You must search yourself from all of these things. If you find one of these things, you must repent. Deal with your heart meaning we must deal with your heart. You can't present your body as a living sacrifice while there is idolatry in your life. That body the Mosai won't accept. Remember, you must be acceptable unto the Mosai. The Mosai does not mix with these things. That is why they that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of the Mosai, because they do not imitate the Mosai.
Okay. Can, I want to just ask a question which we, we probably have the answer to, but maybe it's necessary for completeness sake for, for listeners, which is a, something that we often hear. And that's uh, someone who says, well, I'm striving to be holy. Others say I'm striving to be perfect. I'm striving to be acceptable. So if you take an example, for instance, with drunkenness, you can take uh, many examples. You know, we, we can use examples with some uncleanness or lasciviousness. I think there are other works which people don't completely let go of in terms of their deeds, and they continue with them. And, and the reasoning that they always, or, or, almost always offer. And I think uh, from, from what I've observed and, and with many brothers and sisters that we've shared with out there, it's it's almost like a textbook answer in Christianity to say you know we can never be perfect only only Christ can be perfect the rest of us we strive for perfection I think there's many reasons why uh, out of context people can call the scripture in in the look in the book of Luke 13 to say strive to enter and so so often I think that's something that comes up and um, and someone may be listening to to this to this podcast episode. And in their mind, they may be thinking, well, I hear everything and I see and I agree that you have to be holy in all men of conversation. Yet in the end, they excuse themselves because then that's the, that's the textbook, a classical answer that they've heard all their lives. And that's something that they've been taught and something that they've received as uh, a sound doctrine to say that, you know, you can never be perfect. Only Christ can be perfect. Or maybe that is something that you're going to touch on. But I think it is, it is worth noting because, because I think it's an excuse that people find valid. So I would think in, in a few in a few precepts, it, it's something that is, is worth touching on to say that is not the doctrine which is which is scriptural. It is actually a doctrine which is against uh, righteousness and it's against the scripture and it is unfounded when it comes to the scripture. Uh, I'm not sure what your feeling is there. Yeah, yes, Dekon, uh, that, that is correct. You cannot be half holy and half um, worldly. So the scripture doesn't allow that. So that is not scriptural. Um, it's either you are or you are not, according to the scripture. And in order for you to get to that, it's part of, um, um, as you are talking about, someone might say uh, it's only Christ who is perfect. But Christ, he laid down his life uh, so that we can imitate the very same example that he has set. So when he laid down his life, um, that is, uh, the, he was demonstrating the kind of a lifestyle that you're supposed to lead uh, after him. So him being the first fruit from the dead. So it's also an example that you also need to die. So if a person has not died to self, meaning to his own lusts, to his own feelings, if the weight has not pricked your heart to die to self, or you are still um, making a space for other things, uh, for the for the worldly things that you used to do, you have not fully repented, then that would always be a problem uh, for that person because that person would be compromising on the weight. He won't be giving himself fully into the, to the weight. You will notice that um, the, the scripture that we're coming from, we read Romans chapter 12, verse number one. When it speaks about, I beseech you that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Most High. That sacrifice, it speaks about death. 
meaning you are dying from one life and then you are rising on another life. That is the gospel of Christ. Because Christ died, not only did he die, but he also demonstrated that we must die because Christ is the way and the truth and the life we follow Christ. So if we follow Christ, then we must also die. Let me make an example to go on, on the very same chapter uh, as we're reading here. Uh, let's read verse number 24. Colossians 5, verse 24. And they that are, are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affection and lust. Something that is crucified, it, 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 meaning it's killed, it's mortified. It's put away. They that are Christ have crucified. Yes, Christ was perfect. He's perfect. But they that are Christ, they've crucified the flesh, meaning they've crucified the works of the flesh, meaning all of those works that are listed there above. They've crucified them with affections and lust. And then the, the next verse, verse number 25. Verse number 25. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. If we have crucified the works of the flesh and you last, then you live according to the spirit. Then you walk according to the spirit. So walking according to the spirit, meaning you are against the flesh. It's the opposite, complete opposite to the flesh. It does not mix. Because if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the last of the flesh. That is verse number 16. We can read verse number 16 and, and verse number 17. Verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh lasteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Walk in the spirit. If you live in the spirit, remember, verse 25, if you live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. For this I say then, that's verse 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is how you keep away from the flesh. This is part of separation. This is part of holiness in all men of conversation. If you walk in the spirit, the moment you don't walk according to the spirit, the flesh will come in and then that will define holiness. That is, it won't be holiness. So that is how now the Mosai expects us to live and, 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 and to be led by the spirit. Meaning you are led by the way, you are not led by goosebumps. So the spirit doesn't just jump in and tell you about your future, about your life, and that it, it wants to make you prosper in this area and in that area, and then it doesn't tell you about your sins. It must tell you about your sins. Because if you're walking according to your sins, still, then you're not walking according to the Spirit. Then you must question ourselves, what kind of a spirit is it that is leading you, that you say you are listening to, or the voices that you say you, you, you hear, but they do not tell you about the lust of the flesh, that you must repent from the flesh then it's another spirit. It's not the spirit of the Mosai. So now this is clear. Okay, verse number 17, the very next verse. For the flesh lasts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, meaning the spirit will show you the flesh to say, this I do not want. This is the flesh. I do not mix with the flesh. The spirit of the Mosai does not mix with the flesh. It is against the flesh, and the flesh is against the spirit. 
So this cannot coexist. It's either we are in the flesh, we are walking according to the flesh, or we are walking according to the spirit. It's either we are holy or we are not holy. If you are holy, you must be holy in all of conversation. So there is no way out to say there is no loophole when it comes to the Mosai. But this is for the people who have crucified the flesh, not for everyone. To crucify the flesh, meaning you must walk contrary, you must kill. To crucify means to kill, mortify. I'll make an example. Maybe it's going to be my last verse. Maybe um, there's something that you also want to add. Let's let's just read Colossians chapter one, chapter three. I'm sorry, chapter three, verse number one to three. Okay, Colossians chapter three, verse number one. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Most High. Verse number two. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. Verse three. For if for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in the Most High. Okay, so this is the part. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. So this is this is the resurrection of Christ. Meaning, we, you must, if you are holy, you must be risen with Christ. Not that you have died in the flesh physically. Now we are risen again uh, from the graves. Meaning. We are living another life, meaning dying from another life. It's like it's a symbol of baptism. You are putting a person in the water. That is death. It's a symbol of a grave. And then that, that being rises again. It's a sign. That baptism is a sign of Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. To say, if you are risen with Christ, then you seek those things which are above, meaning you walk according to the Spirit, meaning above you walk according to the spirit because the spirit is from above. Christ is a gift from above. He's a perfect gift of the most high. And then you set your affections on things above. That is verse number two. That is walking according to the spirit. Those are the fruits that must manifest. You must set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, meaning not the world, not according to the world, not conforming into this world. You can't be risen with Christ and then you are conforming into this world. Then you must ask yourself, why are you contradicting Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2, if you are living according to this world? But what is this world? Verse number 3, verse number 5 will answer us. Let's read verse number 5. Uh, verse 5 reads as follows. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay, mortify. Okay, that's the term that it means crucify. So mortify is to crucify. Therefore, mortify your members which are upon the earth. For those that are risen with Christ, they will understand this, this message. That they must mortify. Because Christ died for our sins, therefore you must mortify. The fornication. This is the spirit of the world. Uncleanness inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. You'll notice that some of the some of the works of the flesh, not all of them are mentioned as in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 is more detailed, but it's, it's the same principle. These are the works of the flesh that Paul, that Palaya is talking about in verse number 5, when he says, mortify, which is idolatry, 
These are for those that are raised in Christ. Verse number three, we read it before. Let me just read it again. Another way, if you don't say mortify, it means you must die, meaning die to self. Verse number three, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Meshach in the Most High. So this, this part of death, meaning you're no longer living, you, you are not fainted from the works of the flesh. You're no longer living according to this world. You are dead because you have mortified the members which are upon the earth, fornication. You cannot be dead with Christ and be risen again with Christ if you are still, or if the, if, if the fruits or the works of the flesh are still showing in your heart, or you still enjoy fornication, you are living in uncleanness, in ordinate affection, with the hope that uh, you will ask for forgiveness, and then forgiveness will absolve you. This is not a weekly thing. Uh, this is a lifestyle. It's not a weekly thing to say, on this day, or as one would say, oh, Saturday, I'm a youth. I'm still young. I'm enjoying my life. I will commit fornication, but then on, the, on this such and such a day, then I will repent for my sins. And then I will start again on a clean slate. I will mortify again. No. And then you're going to start repeating the very same uh, cycle. No, it doesn't work like that. You must mortify. You must live according to the spirit so that you do not last the works of the flesh. I'm not sure if you're going if there's, uh, I say time is not on our side, if there's something you wanted to add. Um, yeah, Dikon, I think there's, um, there's quite a lot that you, you, have, you have touched on. Obviously, in consideration of time, I think what we can do is, in our next episode, what will be good is just to get a, a summary view, even for, for others. But there is one, one point while you're mentioning, and I think it, it goes back to the question that I raised, and what you were answering now in, in the sense that this is a lifestyle, this is something that you do and you repent from your sins and you, you walk in a, in a holy conversation. And actually, if you, if you read in the book of Revelation chapter 22, what I do take away there in the, in, in the 11th verse, uh, in Revelation 22 verse number 11, is almost the scriptures direct you that, you know, you have to pick one. You cannot be both. You cannot have one foot, um, one foot in and one foot out. Uh, one foot to the left or one foot to the right, but it's either you you all in or you all out. And um, the book of Matthew 23, that's the, that's the warning that uh, we see Christ giving against against the Pharisees and uh, the scribes, which are hypocrites, because he looks at them, say, well, from the outside they look as men who serve the Most High, but on the inside they they not so. But I'll just quickly read here in in, in the book of Revelation chapter 22, verse number 11. And it says here specifically that he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. So it's almost, it's not that the scripture is promoting people to be, uh, to be unjust, but it, it, the scripture does say if you, you either you belong to the most or you don't. And if you choose to be unjust, then be unjust. And he that um, he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. So if you you choose the way of the of filthiness, then have no part with the word of the Most High. Then choose your ways and choose your ways of unrighteousness. It says, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. So those that choose the way of righteousness must walk according to the way of righteousness. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So I think it also still comes back to the same message that if holiness is the works which we, we read now and we're looking at, uh, the works of the Spirit, then you need to make sure that according to those works of the Spirit, you stick to them and you fulfill them perfectly else then you don't walk according to the spirit then you walk according to the spirit of the world 
in that manner then you need to walk as one who's unjust and one who's filthy but not having part with the word of the most high not become a false prophet not becoming one who is like the pharisees and the uh, and the scribes hypocrites who, who, who hold the word of the most high in unrighteousness knowing the truth and yet not walking according to the truth Obviously, it's not something that is often spoken about, especially for many people who are coming out of a, uh, of Christianity, where there's a foundation of something that's been laid on over years. And I know from my side, that's something that is laid on, even from my family, we're still in, in, in Christianity. And that is the belief that they have, is that on Sunday, they go and they have whatever services, but for the, for, for, uh, for the rest of the week, and apart from that, it's almost as if they have a free reign to do what they want to do with their lives. And it's not a life of, of holiness. It's not uh, in all men of conversation. And if I sum it up, I just, I, I think it's a dangerous doctrine because many people walk with that doctrine. And it's a doctrine that leads them actually to death because they don't realize that they need to, they need to flee or, um, uh, from, from that man of work. So I think, Deacon, maybe a lot of things we, we have summed up but maybe just one scripture that I'll read again, or one precept that I'll read is in the book of Ezekiel chapter 3, which is this is a call for people to come out from their sin. Again, it supports the message that we just read now in the book of Revelation chapter 22. All right, I think, I think I'm looking for the book of Ezekiel chapter 18. I don't think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read all of it, but I'll start here from verse number, uh, let me read from verse number 20. It says here, the soul that sinneth it shall die, the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him. So we can even say the holiness of the holy shall be upon him. This is the reward for your holiness. And it says the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him, even including the unholiness of the unholy. It shall be upon him, meaning you will be rewarded according to your work. But there's a distinction between, between righteousness and wickedness, as there is a distinction between holiness and unholiness, meaning you are either one or the other, but you cannot be both. Verse 21 says, but if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he has committed, meaning when you turn, as Deacon used the word repent, which is that, to turn is to repent. I mean, when you turn, you turn from all your sins. It's not a case of you continuing with one, one part or the other, but you turn from all your sins. It says, and keep all my commandments. So when you turn, you keep all the commandments of the Most High and do that which is lawful and right. This takes me back again to the book of Romans chapter 12 where you started, Deacon. It says, you should, that person shall live, he shall not die. And his transgression that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him, for he has repented. In his righteousness that he has done, he shall live. Meaning you live in your righteousness, you live in your holiness. So you receive life for your holiness and righteousness. But verse 24 says, But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, so he does any of the works we read in the book of Galatians chapter 5, and doeth according to the abominations of the wicked, um, that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? Now, this is a rhetorical question, and the answer is, all his righteousness that he has done shall not be mentioned in his trespass. Meaning, if you go one, or if, if you say you are righteous and you do evil works, they, there is no mention of your righteous works. It says, all the righteousness that he has done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he has trespassed, in, in his sin that he has sinned, in them shall he die. So, in, in summary, I'm just concluding that, Deacon, that 
our holiness is a is a perfect holiness uh and if you if you you choose to be holy you must be holy and if you do not willing to walk according to the way of holiness then the most high will not recognize that life and he want he does not want such a person to have a part or a lot with him and in the work of his kingdom so i think in 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 summary Dikon, uh, so this would be my part, and uh, that would be my closing. I'm not sure, Dikon, if there is anything from us. Oh, yes. One more thing, uh, just a sentence. Uh, when you mention a, a gray area, I think um, it's fit to say a gray area is, is lukewarm, and lukewarm is not scriptural. Those that are lukewarm, they cannot please the Most High. That is the book uh, of Revelation, chapter 3, verse number 15 to 16, uh, between holiness and in between the world. Uh, yeah, Dikon, that's that's all. Um, I think we will continue the most high permitting uh, next time uh, on, on the next part of this uh, series. Shalom. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks. So that will be our signing out uh, to all brothers and all sisters who are listening uh, from my side and from Dikon's side. Uh, shalom. And we hope that you will join us um, in the next episode. Mm-hmm.